Hello and welcome to the first episode of the She Invest podcast with your host, I'm Allie Fugit. I'm Carrie Douglas. And we are She Invest. Uh, so yeah, so today we're just going to kind of tell you guys about how She Invest started and yeah, we're just going to let the conversation go from there. So Carrie? Yeah. So this idea started in, in the Dirks Bentley bar in Nashville, just trying to create a space for women to come together and have conversations. I mean, obviously we're welcome anyone at this conversation, but a place where, where we can find other women who want to talk about investing. Um, I was telling Allie that like I had reached a point where I was about to go on Bumble and put in like, I want to find friends who have this in common. I'm trying to find other female investors. Like, where are these people? I want to have conversations with them. And um, so we just want to create a space where we can find each other and come together around that idea. Yeah. Like we're not mystical unicorns, right? Like we're actually out there. We're just like need to be found. So uh, right. this is a place where you can be found. And so we started the She Invests Facebook group at Dirk's Bentley Bar, probably around midnight. We just said yes and went for it. And here we are today. So we are here just to kind of share some knowledge with you guys and have conversations and and talk about the things that we actually want to talk about. And we're dedicating some time for us to talk about these high level questions with, you know, some, some bomb women in this community. So the other thing that I think is important to say is like, I don't claim to be an expert by any means. I want to be a curator of information um, that maybe I've gathered from other sources and share that and have a conversation around that with people. Um, obviously I'm, I'm glad to share where I'm at on my journey, um, investing, but again, not claiming to be an expert. We're both students in this space still, um, but just creating a place where we can, where we can come together and have conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say like my number one thing that continues to, um, you know, keep me going in this and like all aspects of life is my philosophy is to always stay a student because if you're always a student, then you, there's always constant room for growth. So, so yeah, I, I would hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And I love learning. Like <laughs> I yeah. think, and I think that's one of the things that's been um, unique for me on my journey is like when I finally feel like I'm really proficient at something, I'm like, Oh, it's time to add something new or pivot a little bit because I, I want to be growing and learning something new. Um, yeah. Important. Yeah. The same. Like, so I'm, I'm more of like the operations background for, and I, like run the company on the back end uh, for our business. So for me, that's I'm in constant mode of that, like learning new ways to better perfect our systems, to better perfect what we have going on. So I'm constantly, that's my whole job, right? Is to make things easier and, and learn different things. So yeah, yeah absolutely. More efficient. Uh, Do you want to share where you're at on your, your journey, your investing journey? Yeah. Uh, so Currently, we're in the boutique hotel space, uh, so we may, our business is mainly co-hosting, and then we have a 40-unit boutique hotel that we're converting into a 35-unit to offer experiences for guests, and we are in the Blue Ridge Market in Georgia, uh, but the hotel is technically in Copper Hill, Tennessee, but if you're familiar with the area, then you know that that is very much the Blue Ridge Market, the mountains, and, and all of that. Awesome. What about you, Carrie? So, and, and mine, I know Allie's, you know, um, investing lens is mainly short-term rental focused, but for me, um, as a realtor, uh, for, I, realtors like to say they're in their seventh year. They like to like puff themselves up. So I've completed six years in real estate. Um, I, 
I'm just wanting to invest as a wealth building strategy. So it doesn't, for me, it currently happens to be short-term rentals, but I wouldn't say I'm married to that industry um, forever. So right now um, I own um, one single family short-term rental and I co-host a second one. And then I have just purchased a 30 unit boutique hotel. And, um, but for me, it's really about like the bigger picture. Um, I'm kind of the opposite from you, Allie, in terms of like, I don't focus too much on the operations. Like, of course, that's an important piece, but for me, it's really about the big picture and like, I'm the visionary and where are we going strategy wise? Um, you know, from here. So once this hotel project is complete, I might do something completely different um, as part of a greater wealth building strategy for me and, and my family as a long-term picture. Yeah. Um, and I'd say like for, for me that, that my husband is that part of the equation for us because like numbers work really great for him. And while I'm still a student and learning all the number stuff, he is, he's that lead. But our, we came from the long-term background and we noticed like the income wasn't there for us. So we were trying to create revenue. And for us, the, the short-term rental was the way to go. And then we just kind of like fell into and loved this lifestyle. And again, like, like Carrie, we're not completely married to that for the rest of our days because we do come from a multifamily background as well. So we're definitely interested in continuing that pursuit and going for uh, more multifamily and, and growing our portfolio that way. But, you know, who knows what the future holds, but like, we're really into the short-term, short-term rental thing right now. So you've done flips and long-term rentals before getting into short-term space. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our, I would say our path is kind of a little bit unique in the fact that we came from the flipping background. So in 2019, uh, what kind of sparked us was that Kyle was working for a European firm and he had to go and, and leave to go to Europe and, and train over there for this European company because he was starting the base for that company here for his department. So at that point, it was kind of our tipping point. Like he was like, I will never we, we will find a way to get out of this where we never have to be apart and I, we never have to be apart from our kids again. Mm -hmm. And so that was our drive. So in twenty nineteen. Um, we started the house flipping, uh, and from that, we kind of built our own team. We got into the multifamily space and we loved the multifamily space, but then we found the short-term rental and we like, we could like marry these two things, right. Mm -hmm. And have this great marriage. And we also come from a syndication background. So we're like, look, let's just take these three things that we really love doing and we're pretty good at and marry them and thus became the beauty of the boutique hotel and right of course at the boutique hotel boom that we're having and uh yeah so i actually got on the short-term rental thing by listening to mike's uh mike and emmanuel's str secrets podcast and from there i just binged and we have been long-term students every time since yeah yeah, I think it's so good that you shared your why, and I forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, so as a realtor, um, I'm sure the other realtors out there can probably relate to the fact that like this job is 24-7 um, if you don't create some serious boundaries. And I was so inspired um, by Avery Carl talking recently about how, um, you know, she how she structures her time and her day because it is really hard um, until you put something like that in place. But um, 
that was kind of what started this for me was basically wanting to create a family project. Um, I, I've shared a little bit about how, you know, I lost a real estate client because I was in the emergency room with a kid and couldn't get to a showing in the time frame that that client wanted or you know, just, just things like that. Um, and so I would say like, while I love selling real estate and it, it is so much fun for me, I just wanted to have a family project. Um, and so for us, the short-term rentals has become that project. The one that we own, um, will go and stay there and do work on the property and the kids help. And they're a part of the decision-making. Um, and now with the boutique hotel, like my kids are so excited to be a part of it. Like my son really is ready for demo day. He, he wants to be swinging the hammer. Um, and, uh, my daughter is really excited about the design piece. Um, just she she says like aesthetic is probably her favorite word when, she, when we talk about it. So um, so for me, having a project like that, that we can all work on together. And um, that that's really the reason the reason that the, that I started this for myself. So I think that's great. And I think that like for any mom out there, like, you know, woman that has kids that is in this space knows how important it is for that family time, but also for us along this path and, and this journey, we've noticed that this is something we want our kids to be involved in because we also want to continually allow our children to be exposed to this growth mindset and this, this new way of life and like, you know, getting out of that rat race and yes. not going into that status quo. And I, I love it. And people, my, especially like family, they're always like, Oh, you're going to take your kids with you to go see that property. Are you sure? Like, no, the kids don't want to do that. But like, Kids love it. Okay. My daughter collects rocks <laughs> and literally every home that we go to, she, if we're going to for a co-host deal or if we're going to look at for investment or like whatever, like she's picking up rocks, even if it's just the gravel driveway. So, and, and she has her little rock. These are all the rocks that I've collected at houses where we've got <laughs> so them. Oh, yeah. no, and, and the same, like, you know, my, my son's too. So he just thinks anything's cool, but my, my daughter, like same with the design and everything, like just like let your kids get involved because like the more you do, the more this journey is just going to be so much more insightful for you and your family. And, you know, just you're going to love it even more. And the more your kids are in it, the more invested they are. And later on, they're going to appreciate that because it's not just that mommy and daddy went to work. It's that mommy and daddy like showed me how to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and I think you brought up a really good point about the rat race too. Um, I, I make my kids play cash flow with me and they hate it. Um, they're like, why is it so long and it takes forever and, uh, and, and they, you know, get frustrated when they don't win. And I always tell them like, when you're an adult, you're going to thank me so much for making you play this game. And, um, like this, this game is a safe space to make the mistakes. Like I'd rather have you accidentally, you know, make the wrong purchase or the wrong sale on, on this piece of paper right here in our dining room, than I would you, you know, go out in the real world and make the wrong investment. So, um, it's, I think you're, you're right on with like modeling this sort of mindset for our kids. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, my, my daughter's six and we play cash flow for kids. She's not really at, you know, the full cash flow level yet, but, uh, and she, she enjoys it too. When we, get to the end of the game and, and she realizes, you know, if she got out or if she didn't and like having those conversations. But I think also like, not just, not even just that game, like monopoly, like mm -hmm. it, 
if your kids are on like six or more, like you need to start playing Monopoly with your kids and like seeing like what type of strategies they have going on and what you can teach them because that is so insightful, you know? It is. Yeah. For real. So let's talk investment strategy, like investment mindset strategy, I guess, for a second. So um, do you, it, obviously you guys, you know, play cash flow for kids. We play cash flow. So we're Robert Kiyosaki people, but I mean, my husband and I had started out as Dave Ramsey people because um, we really, we, we grew up in households that didn't talk a lot about money. And I totally get why. Like every time I do talk about it in front of my kids, I'm like, are they going to go talk on the playground about what we're buying? Like how much this costs? Like it is a, a tricky thing to, to walk that line. So I understand why parents a lot of times didn't talk about it when I was a kid. Um, and I know maybe may, we might be slightly different generations, but like um, we started out doing Dave Ramsey just because we needed a, a basic financial education and a basic financial strategy just to, to get our footing. And then I think once we had our footing, once we felt more comfortable and we were like, Oh, now we, now we know what to do. We're, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. And then, you know, my income grew. It was like, Oh, why don't we put this money to work for us? Um, instead of consuming it. Right. And then it was like, okay, what's the best way to do that? And, um, so that's when I started really getting into listening. I started listening to, Rob, to bigger pockets, honestly. And then I eventually morphed to like Robert Kiyosaki and then it morphed to, to, you know, the short-term rental secrets podcast probably. But, um, but along that journey, like our first purchase, um, our first short-term rental investment property, we, um, I really wanted a fixed interest rate to hedge inflation. Like that was my one, that was the reason for doing it. And now I think my goals might've changed a little bit, but like that, that was the initial, you know, start for me. What about you guys? Right. Um, I would definitely say the same. So like when we started, uh, we were both in college. So, I mean, you can see behind me here, like, so we both have degrees and we were very much taught from our families, like, we were the first people to go to college in our families. And it's so it's a huge like, honor when you're the first generation to get to do that, right? Yeah. It's just a big deal. It is. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And so we we both went to college and we were both like, it was stressed upon us. Get good grades, go to college, get a job, get a 401k. And because then because we also came from families like you guys, we didn't talk about money. They didn't talk about money in front of us. And it was a very hush-hush thing, like we didn't have money, you know, to be talking about anyway, but it was definitely never anybody educating us on how to invest and like what we should do and how we could put our money to work if, if you had some extras. And I would say the only people that we had in our life was my grandfather and my grandmother who own and invest in um, mobile home parks. And so they came from that, that long-term background. So that mm -hmm. kind of initially sparked conversation with us. Like that was our current tribe that we had when we were in 2019 when we started down this and so yeah so we were like the day great example by the way like wonderful example that you have that yeah exactly and and but you know and it but in the same turn it was very much like if we're gonna have these conversations we don't talk to anybody else about these conversations you know what right. I mean because, but that's the generation they come from like that's right those weren't things we talked about and so uh you know we were very much listened to Dave Ramsey got some questions and filtered through them. And then um, we had bought in our first house in 2014. And so about in 2018, we needed to move because like where Kyle's path was taking him, we needed to be kind of split the difference. And so our first house flip was a live-in. And so we 
bought that house for 72 grand um and we ended up selling it for like 152,000 and so yeah and so like that was our first and we didn't just roll that money into our new home like we were like okay like at this point now how do we put this to work and so at on 2019 when it came around we still had that money sitting and we finally found a deal and and that's how we got into the flipping business but same thing we we were going down that long-term rental. We were going down the Robert Kiyosaki path and rich dad, poor dad was a huge play in that. Now it huge thing. If you know, for listeners out there who haven't read it, like it's definitely a great read and will definitely get you started with that growth mindset and, and the right path, you know, but it's just finding that path that's best for you for us to get out of that rat race. Like it, the long-term rental and the long-term game in general um, for that wasn't making sense. And so we needed something that could accelerate us pretty fast. And so I would say like definitely literally almost the same story, just with a different scenario um, between us. So now we tried to shift that. Right. So we have conversations about money in front of our kids and like we try to explain to them like that. Oh, well, mommy and daddy have to go meet this person. But why? Well, do you want more money? Like, cause they're going to pay us money to do this for their house. And, <laughs> and so like, you know, putting it in like simple terms to talk to them and, yeah. um, and, and those things. But I think that so far as like strategy for us, we are, we're looking for the accelerated path now. So like we are, we've kind of combined the uh, Robert Kiyosaki path with the short-term rental. And I mean, not that we've like completely gotten rid of Dave Ramsey. Like I think there's some really right. cute, points that we keep in our strategy for Dave Ramsey, but, uh, you know, it's a blend and it's what's works best for you and your family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, I always say like everybody's threshold for risk or for leverage is completely different. And so like on a spectrum, you know, there might be somebody who's like, I want to purchase long-term rentals because they're stable and people always need long-term housing and I don't want to have any debt. I want to own that long-term rental free and clear. And then you might have somebody on the completely opposite end. Who's like, I want to be as leveraged as possible in debt and, you know, to, to get as much acquired as possible in the shortest period of time. And I think most people probably sit somewhere in the middle, but like, yeah, it's a spectrum and there's no wrong way to do it. It's just what's right for, for you and your comfort level. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, I think we, we take all that into effect too, like as we're choosing deals. So um, I think like, let's talk about like, what do, what do you look for? Like Carrie, like, especially like when you're in the hotel deal that you look for now, like what, what were your key things that you were looking for in a deal? Well, I think, first of all, I think that the best investments, the one, you know, and since I don't know a ton about stock for me, I, that's why I choose to invest in real estate because I'm a realtor and I study it and I know it. Um, I think when I bought my first um, single family home that we short-term rent, um, I studied migration because um, I knew, I thought we were at the peak of the market. Turns out we weren't quite, but, <laughs> but I was like, what, what area will hold its value? Um, in addition to cash flowing, obviously, um, we want to, you know, underwrite, you know, the, the details of the property itself, but choosing a market for me, um, I wanted to make sure that it was a, a, an area that had steady population growth so that if the market did change on a national level, maybe that, I mean, real estate's local. So maybe that local area would, you know, would be, would be okay. Um, value wise. So 
Um, because I had told my husband, I was like, this property is never going to go up in value. It's where it's just going to cash flow. This is not a, this is not a equity play. Okay. Turns out I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> it turns out it did go up in value a lot. That's, um, a great thing, no? <laughs> that's a good thing. Right. But, um, but that wasn't, I don't want to buy for the future appreciation of the property. I was buying a deal that would cash flow at that time. So that was, that was the big piece for me when I was evaluating the market. Then obviously once I kind of picked the market, I went down into, you know, running comps and looking at the details of how it would cash flow. Um, and I was looking for a 20% cash on cash return. Turns out today, if I bought that exact same deal, it would not cash flow. That exact same property is worth a lot more. And so if I sold the house right now, it would be worth more. And the amount that we're getting in the short-term rent till income is about the same. Um, so, and the interest rate would be higher on the mortgage if I bought it today. So today that same deal wouldn't cash flow, but it just, because of the time that I purchased it, it did. So when it came time for us to purchase the second, we were ready to buy another property. We had saved up another down payment. Um, I, that's exactly the analysis I did. I was like, oh, I can't buy the exact same deal. I can't, I, uh, you know, the, the advice I got was like, pick a market and scale within that market because you can use the same cleaner, the same runner, the same, you know, the same resources in handyman inside of that market. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find a deal that I could afford that would cash flow in that market. So I was like, okay, time to pivot. And um, so I started looking in my local market, um, which is in Wisconsin. And we, we do have a migration taking place here as well. There are like 60 people a day who move from Illinois to Wisconsin. And that has, you know, really been a factor in, in our market. Um, just over the last year, we haven't seen the dips that some markets have post COVID. Um, and so I started evaluating, you know, properties that I, again, the best investment being the one that, you know, like I know my market, I know what's a good investment here because I've, I've studied those things. And so I felt really comfortable moving forward with the boutique hotel that we purchased here. Um, just because I, I know, I, I know that there's an interest. I know that there's a draw. Um, I'm not, I, it, I think, was it Bill Faith who was talking about it in Nashville where they were talking about like interest doesn't mean like you shouldn't see the other, the other hotels on the block as competition. That shows that there's a reason people are coming there. Like when McDonald's goes in, Burger King follows, it's, it shows there's interest. So, um, so I wasn't, you know, off put by the fact that there are a lot of hotels in in this vacation uh, pocket that we have here. Um, rather, I, I was just saying, okay, how does this hotel compare to the other hotels that are here? Um, not, not as like a scarcity type of competition, but just like, how can I perform in this market, you know, compared to how they're performing? Um, and so that was kind of what led us to, led us to that purchase. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I would, I would have to agree with a lot of that. I think that one thing that, you know, you said that is key for people is like, is knowing, you know, the, the investment is the one that you know the best one is, uh, because for us, that's that's one of the things. That, and, you know, you and I have talked about it before. It's when you know that an investment is good and it's just like convincing others that an investment is good. Right. Because yeah. you know it, you're, you're there. You, you've seen what it can do. But then it's like getting people to come in and and invest in that particular deal, right? Yeah, um, and that's definitely when we get to the syndication episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be like a huge part of that is is how right. do I convey what I know to other people so that they understand this deal? Yeah, absolutely. But and I will say the other part too. Um, so so just like leading off of that is like if you're out there and you're looking for a deal, like go with your gut. 
like you know the area, like you you've run the numbers, whatever. Like don't let what other people say dictate what you know investment you're gonna make, so to speak. Like as long as you've done your research and you know the market, you know the area, then go for it. Because like Carrie and I have had multiple conversations, like both of us with about our deals going on. And some people think we're crazy. And some people think that we have bad deals. But the point is, is like, it's what faith you have in your market and, and your research and your gut feeling about the deal. So just, so just do it. Um, I will say another point too, Carrie, that I liked is like when we're looking for deals too, um, it, especially like the deals that we're investing in, it, it's gotta be 20% or more cash flow, Right. And I feel like the, especially the more saturated the market becomes and the this you know uptick we've had in the market a little bit it's kind of harder to find those 20% deals and yeah. so uh i would say first of all like if you're looking like don't get discouraged cuz it's going to happen you're going to find a gem right you're going to find something that someone's passed up but for us it's the 20 definitely 20% and the same with uh if we're going to co-host like for those of you who do co-host out there when we go and we meet with owners and we're deciding whether or not the deal is going to work, like we are not just looking at it from our interest. We are also looking at it from the homeowners. In and we just spent all this money that these homeowners did. Like, is it going to cash flow what it needs to cash flow in order to pay us and pay them? And so, um, you know, and very much goes back to we evaluate it on that 20% rule. And, you know, so, so take that into account when, when you're meeting with these homeowners, you're looking at these properties. If you're co-hosting, do the background, don't just show up and be like, oh my gosh, this property is amazing. Yeah. It's going to do, it's going to do like, you need to have some like hardcore evidence to show them that it is going to cash flow. So, so keep that on your back pocket. Yeah. Do you ever take a two-step approach? Like where you show up and look at the property in person and then go run those numbers just so that you're not trying to prepare without having seen it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we definitely make sure to we always want to view the property first. Um like we have we have eight properties coming on right now. And so it's like kind of hectic on our end, but it's just like every week we're going to see a new property and we're getting updates on these properties and we we try to run the numbers in the beginning based off the potential of the numbers that they bought and the numbers that they plan on putting into it. So uh, we have teamed up with a realtor in our area. And what we do is we offer free analysis. And so like anybody that kind of gets sent over to us, we'll come out, we'll see the property, we'll run an analysis for you. And then, you know, once they decide that they're going to go, then we would go out and do like a full one after they purchase. And so when we come back to the office and we're able to like sit down, we compare other properties in the area to it. So we're using, you know, we're, we're going on rank grease and we can kind of, it's, good to pull stuff off rank freeze as well um, because we we have a lot of properties in the area so more than likely we have a property that's going to compete with a lot of the properties we're bringing on so mm -hmm. we'll pull that we'll pull other ones and then of course air dna and things to to run a good analysis and at that point if it doesn't work then we can kind of help them adjust their budget but it, the important thing is like the purchase price right in the beginning like is it going to work and i mean we're not, we're telling them not to get into a bad investment in the beginning. Yeah. And then after that, everything usually works. It's just about setting the nightly price from that point forward. Yeah. Would you say that most of your co-host clients are people who are about to purchase and you can help them know before making the purchase what they can expect? Or do you have a lot of people who have already bought and are like, it's not cash flowing. What do I do? 
Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, okay. So starting in the path and we had, so we've only been doing this for two years for the short term rental, almost two years. Um, and in the beginning, it was our first co-host deals were people that were wanting to be saved. Like they needed okay. a knight in shining armor and they had made a bad investment purchase with a realtor because the realtor was just, again, not producing numbers and mm -hmm. was saying this was going to cash flow. This was going to work. And they were overpaying for the properties just to get the property. Mm -hmm. And so then, so at that point we've brought them on and, and we have been able to turn some sour deals into some pretty good get deals or, or, you know, definitely lead them to the path of selling if that's the ultimate goal. But um, for us, the rest of them now is more of they're about to buy. So we're trying to make the smart investment from the beginning on. That's good. That's, a, yeah. that's the right time. <laughs> that's yeah. the right time. But I mean, there are so many people over the last few years who um, maybe aren't necessarily experienced in real estate or in investing and they wanted to purchase a vacation home and then just also wanted it to kind of pay for themselves for itself. And um, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but then just making sure that you have the right resources and the right um, people on your team, helping you make that decision beforehand. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a huge play. And I, I could say that my bet, my best asset in like for us acquiring co-host deals is like making those connections in the real estate agencies mm -hmm. up here because, you know, we are, we're not just protecting the, the buyer at that point. Like we're also helping to protect that agent because most of these agents, they don't even know, they don't know how to run numbers. Like they're in a short-term rental area, like a very saturated short-term rental area and they have no idea how to run numbers. And so that we were able to fill that need, that's that's huge. And so we're protecting buyers, we're protecting agents. And then ultimately, if they decide to go with us, we're protecting ourselves too, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a, kind of a threefold thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, so what about like when when you um, got your, you, you said you have one that you co-host, right? Yeah. Okay, so like tell me about that. How did you land that? It's just my parents. It's not... <laughs> So, and this, well, and this, that's true. They did actually hire somebody else in the beginning. Um, but I think that's actually a, an interesting thing that I could share. So, um, a lot of, if we, if we talk cash flow quadrant for a second, like mm -hmm. I, I was, I'm not trying to leave a W2. I'm already, you know, in the S quadrant. So I already work for myself. So my goal was not to become self-employed being a property manager, which is why I haven't really pursued other co-host deals um, mm -hmm. besides just the two that we have. Would I take them if they came to me? Sure. But like, I haven't really worked hard at pursuing that because that like, I already, I already am self-employed. I already work for myself. We already don't have the limitations of, of a W-2. We don't have to request off PTO when we want to go on vacation. Like I do, I do have, the flexibility to make my own schedule. Although I always say that I have like 20 bosses at a time instead of one boss, you know, and really I have to work around their schedules, but, but in general, like I can get someone from my office to cover my business if I want to travel or, or whatever that looks like. So I'm, I wasn't like on this path to replace a W2 income to, to, to liberate myself, you know? So I didn't, I didn't like press hard. And when we bought our first, um, 
our first short-term rental. I actually hired a management company. I wasn't planning planning to manage it at all. Um, that that was like a task I didn't want. I valued my time, and I was like, you know, I'm going to hire um, somebody else. So it turns out that the company that we hired, my parents also hired. We we my parents and I bought properties near one another. We both hired this other company, and um, it was going fairly well. And then that company was acquired. And the transition did not go well. So yeah. at that point, we started kind of looking at other options. And I had already, um, you know, started started following uh, short-term rental secrets and some other things. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm just going to fall into um, operating these two units because it makes the most sense. So so those are the two that you know that I'm that I'm that I was operating before the boutique hotel. And um, again, just fell into it kind of kind of by accident. Um, and it's it's going great. You know, we have a lot of things um, set up uh, with the team on the ground there that is very like we have a great team. Um, and so the demand on me isn't too much, which is fine. Um, you know, but the ultimate goal would would be to eventually be completely passive someday. Right. Like I think it's going to be a few years before that happens in the property management you know, side of things. So right now I'm the operator and I will be for the boutique hotel as well, because after falling into it, it's something that I do want to do. Um, but it, the long-term goal, you know, in, in, you know, 10 years, let's say is to not have to be the operator. So, and I'm sure you guys probably have a similar thought too, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, our, you know, I mean, not that our goal is to be the next fake casa or anything, but we are, we're, we're building out our team and our, like I said, we've been doing this for two years, but our growth has been so organic um, and come so fast that we have had to like make those real struggles to get the team in place that we have. But we are very thankful that, uh, you know, like the VA that we have is extraordinary Louie. So shout out to Louie. Um, she is the go-getter and she is the one that's hiring people to join our team to, to meet the needs. And, um, so basically we're just going to have her whole family hired on soon, um, and just keep it's it awesome. as a business. But yeah, but it's, that's our ultimate goal too, is to have it all be passive. And so, especially like when it comes to the hotel, like, of course, there's always some work in the beginning and setting up your teams, but that, I mean, that's my background is setting up a team in place to cover the who, not how thing mm -hmm. and, and, and move forward. Right. So we can acquire, cause our goal is to acquire another one by the end of the year. So. Yeah. So, so moral of the story, don't ask me how to find co-host deals. Cause I haven't pushed hard to ask Allie that question. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, like, it's more about, it's more about the wealth building strategy. So that's, yeah. that's the, and, and the real estate acquisition piece is the part that I, that I feel like, that's, that's the thing that I know about, um, just coming yeah. from my background. So, yeah. yeah. And I, but I think that that's important, like for us to share that dynamic of like, neither yeah. one of us are coming from the same outlook and the same right. background. Right? Yeah. We, we, I think we have the same like long-term goals, but we're coming yeah. at it from very different angles and, and what we specialize in. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, any other questions for today or should we say I, I think I think we can end for today but um we have a great uh list of of subsequent episodes that we want to dive into some specific topics so I'm really excited to continue to continue to, to bring that yeah absolutely so we've got some pretty uh some pretty bomb 
women and some other industry leaders uh, that we've got on our list of people to have on our podcast. So uh, definitely make sure you like, follow us, and uh, keep up to date in the She Invests Facebook group. And please tag us with your questions. And of course, if you have any suggestions of people you'd like to hear or anything you anything you want to hear about on the podcast, like send it to us, let us know, because we'd love to help you and cover those concepts. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.